1 Kings 17. We'll read verses 17 through 24. After this, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. His illness became very severe until no breath remained in him. She said to Elijah, Man of Elohim, what do we have in common? Have you come to remind me of my guilt and to kill my son? But Elijah said to her, Give me your son. So he took him up from her arms, brought him up to the upper room where he was staying, and laid him on his own bed. Then he cried out to Yahweh and said, My Yahweh Elohim, have you also brought tragedy on the widow I am staying with by killing her son? Then he stretched himself out over the boy three times. He cried out to Yahweh and said, My Yahweh Elohim, please let this boy's life return to him. So Yahweh listened to Elijah's voice, and the boy's life returned to him, and he lived. Then Elijah took the boy, brought him down from the upper room into the house, and gave him to his mother. Elijah said, Look, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, Now I know you are a man of Elohim. And Yahweh's word in your mouth is the truth. Now, Yahweh bless His word to our hearts. Today we learn more about what took place while Elijah was staying with the widow and her son in Sidon. But in the last lesson, a great miracle had just occurred. And as we saw last week, the widow here was down to her very last meal. She only had enough to eat one more meal. But Yahweh, through his prophet Elijah, supplied her need. Yahweh kept multiplying her flour jar and her oil jug. She never ran out of flour or oil during the drought that was upon the land. But then we come to verse 17. In verse 17, today, our first verse, it begins with the words, After this, after this miracle, something happened. Her son became sick to the point that no breath was in him. And that means that he died. When the breath of life leaves your body, the spirit, spirit and breath are often synonymous in the Bible, the spirit that causes you to live leaves your body. So during a high point, a miracle occurs with the flour and the oil. But then after that high point and that miracle, there's a low point, a very low point. Death comes over the home and takes the life of the widow's son. Now, it feels great to receive a victory from Yahweh. I've had some supernatural occurrences in my life over the years. I've had Yahweh reach His mighty hand into my life and rescue me or rescue one of my family members, and I love that. But oftentimes, after we experience a victory, immediately comes something to make us doubt. And you go from total trust in your Creator to wondering where He went. You go from relying on His promises to doubting whether or not He's at work in your life. Listen, saints. Yahweh's mighty hand is always at work. Even when calamity hits your life. Even when something happens to you that you cannot make heads or tails of, you cannot figure out, He's still watching, He's still listening. He's still active. He's still there. He's still there. Death had come over the widow's house, but it did not mean that Yahweh had left her house. Yahweh was still there in that home. And do you know how I know this? 
Do you know how I can tell you with 100% certainty that Yahweh's presence was still in the widow's home? This is how I know. It is because the prophet Elijah was still there. That's how I know. Remember last week I showed you how when the widow welcomed Elijah into her home, she was welcoming Yahweh into her home. Elijah was Yahweh's man at this point in Israel's history. Elijah was Yahweh's messenger. Yahweh is the one who told Elijah, Get up, go to Zarephath and Sidon. I've ordained for a widow to provide for you. This is so encouraging to me because when you feel like Yahweh has left you, your situation, your home, your life, what you need to do is look around and see if Yahweh's people are still in your life. And if Yahweh's people are still in your life, that means Yahweh is still in your life. He hasn't left. Elijah was still in the widow's life, therefore Yahweh was still in her life. And look where you are today. Look around. We've got a crowd here today, a crowd compared to what we normally have. Maybe not a crowd compared to the church world or the megachurch world, but we don't go by that. Look around where you're at today. Look at all the brothers and the sisters and the children of Yahweh at this Feast of Tabernacles today. We've got a house full of servants of Yahweh, people who love Yahweh, people who love one another. By this, the world will know that we're disciples of the Messiah if we love one another. We've got a house full today. You get to rub elbows with the servants of Yahweh today. Reach over to your neighbor and rub their elbow a little bit. Yahweh has not left your situation. Yahweh has not abandoned you because you still have His people around you to prove that He's still active in your life. What a blessing it is to be able to have a fellowship to keep Yahweh's feast with. What an honor and a privilege the Most High has given us. I look at all of you here and I think, what a special people. What a loving group of people. What a serving group of people. That's what I think. I know sometimes we doubt. Sometimes we doubt more than we trust. Us humans are like that. Our father Abraham said we are but dust and ashes. There's no need for us to lie and say that we don't ever doubt. That might sound real powerful, but it's not realistic. We're not fooling Yahweh. He doesn't just see our actions. He can read the thoughts in our minds. So just be open and honest with Yahweh. When you struggle, when you doubt, be open and honest with Him. He already knows what you're thinking. Be real with Him. Pray some real prayers to Yahweh. Read the Psalms. David prayed real prayers to Yahweh. He even said, How long, Yahweh, am I going to be in this situation? How long, O Lord? Let Yahweh know exactly where you're at in life when you pray because He already knows what you're thinking in your mind. The widow sure had doubts in her mind. In verse 18, she asked Elijah, Have you come to remind me of my guilt and to kill my son? That was her child. She loved that child. She had just experienced a victory, but now she was going into a storm. She began to think that what was happening to her was a direct result of some kind of sin that was present in her life. Now, I want you to listen carefully to what I'm about to say about sin and death. Listen very carefully. All death, is a result of sin. Sin in our personal lives and sin in our corporate lives. When Adam and Eve fell into sin, we fell into death. They are our federal head. When they fell, 
they represented all of their progeny after them. Adam and Eve fell immediately, historically and personally, but all of their descendants after them, they fell too. And that's why we all die. It's a result of sin. What that does not mean is that every time a death happens, Yahweh is cursing you or your family because you're lost. It doesn't mean that at all. Death happens to the righteous just as much as the unrighteous. Righteous people died in the Bible. Righteous people still die today. Saints are promised eternal life, but they still die in this life. When death occurs, we might speculate about the immediate reason for that death, like this woman did. But it's just us reasoning out loud. It's just us speculating out loud. Now, in her case, resurrection was going to happen. Yahweh wasn't cursing her personally. Resurrection was going to happen. I tend to think it's kind of like John 9, where it was done so that the glory of Yahweh might be revealed. Was this woman a sinner? Yes, absolutely. And so are all of us. Yes, we are saints, but we are saints slash sinners. We need Yahweh's daily forgiveness for our sins. Every day we need His forgiveness. So did this woman. But that did not mean what happened to her son meant that Yahweh was angry with her. Yahweh has a purpose in what He does in our lives, brothers and sisters. He doesn't do anything without having a reason behind it. Can we always see the reason? No. And more often, no than yes. (laughs) But the purpose is still there. Now, we've read this account already, so we know what's going to happen in this case. He's going to bring, Yahweh's going to bring this widow woman's son to life, and that's great, isn't it? I was reading this this morning. And I began to smile to myself because I was happy for the widow. She received her son back from the dead. You know she had to feel so much joy when that happened. So much joy. What I'd like to remind you all of tonight is that Yahweh, although He raised the widow woman's son from the dead, although He showed up immediately in her situation, Yahweh does not always do things like that. And that's okay. When a calamity strikes our home, Yahweh doesn't always give resurrection to us. That's all right. It doesn't mean He hates us. We're His children. It's just that He chooses what to do in each of our lives because whether we realize it or not, in every situation, Yahweh always knows what's best. He does. He's sovereign. He's all-knowing, omniscient. He always knows what's best. Never think that when your circumstance does not work out the way that you think it should have, that Yahweh doesn't love you. Never think that. Yahweh still loves you. You're a tree that needs to be pruned. I'm a tree that needs to be pruned. But Yahweh doesn't prune us all in the same spot. We all take pruning a little bit different from our Heavenly Father. All His children receive discipline. But that doesn't mean He disciplines all of His children in the exact same way. Sometimes Yahweh gives Sometimes Yahweh takes away. Blessed be Yahweh. One paradigm that we have to grab a hold to is that anything good that happens to us is not a result of our being such a great person, but rather a result of Yahweh being such a great mighty one and a merciful mighty one.
When something good happens in your life, you should not think, well, I sure do deserve this. As though Yahweh caters to you. As I like to say, He's not Yahweh the butler. He's Yahweh the king. In Psalm 103, David said, He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve. He has not repaid us according to our offenses. If Yahweh was dealing with us as we deserved, none of us would be alive here today. We're here because of His great mercy, not because of my greatness or because of your greatness, but because He's a great, good, loving Father. And He loves His children. When something good happens to you, think this way. Think, thank you, Yahweh, for being merciful to me today. I don't deserve your great love. I know you see my sin from up above exactly the way I am. But thank you for blessing me in this situation. You think that way. Every good is a blessing from our merciful Father. When something bad comes your way, don't marvel. Don't get angry with Yahweh. We're fallen sons of Adam and fallen daughters of Eve. We live in a fallen world. Just say, Yahweh gives and Yahweh takes away. I still love Him. I'm still going to serve Him. He's still my mighty one. In our text today, it looks like Yahweh had taken away. It looks like death had came to the widow's house. It looked like there was no hope. The son had died. But Elijah, the man of Yahweh... Asked the woman, hand me your son. And Elijah took that boy to the upper room where he was staying at in the loft. And Elijah cried out to Yahweh. There's power in crying out to Yahweh. Elijah said, my Yahweh Elohim, please let this boy's life return to him. And verse 22 is a climax. And it says this. You probably want to underline it if you write in your Bible. Underline this. It says, and Yahweh listened to Elijah's voice. Yahweh listened to Elijah's voice. That's powerful, saints. There's power in crying out to Yahweh. There is something about humbling yourself, putting yourself low before the Almighty that is different from anything else. Humility, get out your Strong's Concordance or your Bible app on your phone and do a word search on humble and humility. And you'll see that it's one of the greatest attributes that a man or woman can possess is to humble theirself before Yahweh's mighty hand and let Yahweh exalt you. He says, if you try to exalt yourself, He'll bring you down low. When we're broken and we're contrite and we're humiliated before Yahweh, there's something special about it. There's a state that we can enter into to where Yahweh can listen to us when we cry out to Him. And He can answer just like he answered the prophet. Elijah did not demand anything from Yahweh. Elijah did not put Yahweh on the spot or Yahweh on trial. He said, Yahweh, would you please let this widow's son live? And Yahweh heard his prayer, and Yahweh hears our prayers. I know sometimes you don't believe that. And the reason I know that is because sometimes I don't believe it. I'm not saying I lose all my faith. I'm just saying that sometimes when I pray, I wonder if Yahweh is listening. I wonder if He hears me. You know, there are people who Yahweh refuses to listen to. That's true. Proverbs 28 verse 9 says that the person who turns their ear away from hearing His law, even their prayer is an abomination. 
If you don't want to listen to Yahweh, then Yahweh does not have to listen to you. Now I can say to you today, that's not Elijah. The prophet Elijah did not turn his ear away from hearing Yahweh's law. As a matter of fact, Yahweh gave him direct instructions two times in this chapter. And Elijah obeyed with no questions asked. In verses 3-4, through four, Yahweh told him, go hide by the creek. Elijah went. No questions asked. In verses 8-9, through nine, Yahweh told him, go to Zarephath. Elijah went. No questions asked. Elijah listened to Yahweh's voice. But now in verse 22, Yahweh listened to Elijah's voice. Do you see that? Woo, hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, this is wonderful. When we place our faith in Yahweh and everything He has said and all He has done in His servants that He sends to us to help us, to comfort us, to talk to us, to listen to us, when we place our faith in the Messiah that He sent, He listens to us when we cry out to Him. There's power in crying out to Yahweh. Yahweh sees every tear. Yahweh hears every groan. He hears every plea for help. And He listens in these cases to you when you pray to Him. You might not think He's listening, and it might not feel like He's listening, but praise be to the Most High, my relationship with Him is not based upon how I feel, but it's based upon His promises to me. And I wish I could tell you today that I've kept all the promises I've made to Yahweh, but I can't tell you that. But what I can tell you is Yahweh's kept every single promise that He's ever made to me. He never fails. He's not a failing mighty one. If you're here today, and if you're still believing today, and if you've not given up today, do you know why? It's because He's listened to your prayers. He loves you. He's molding you. He's shaping you to become something more beautiful than you could ever imagine. Oh, hallelujah. Wait. He's in the business of taking a broken mirror and making it look better than it ever did before at the start. He's in the business of picking up all the pieces to your puzzle that you thought you could never get back together. And He'll pick every single one of them up. And he'll work everything out according to His will in His time and in His way. He's Yahweh. He loves us. He loves His children. We're His family. We're His family. He's a loving Father. He's a loving Father. Elijah brought that boy downstairs after Yahweh resurrected him to life and He showed him to his mama. And He said, Look, your son is alive. What joy must have filled her heart. What tears must have come into her eyes. The emotions were many, I'm sure. Her son that had been dead was now alive. The emotions were strong that day in that little widow woman's house. In verse 24, the woman speaks to Elijah and she says, Now I know that you are a man of Elohim. And Yahweh's word in your mouth is the truth. This woman placed her faith in Yahweh. And she placed her faith in the man that Yahweh sent to her. She believed Elijah was the real deal. She believed Elijah spoke the words of Yahweh. He was Yahweh's mouthpiece upon the earth. Baal had done nothing for this widow. If she served Baal before this, which in all likelihood she did, living in Sidon, being a Zarephath Sidonian, she didn't serve Baal anymore. Not after this. Because Baal had done nothing for her. Yahweh did, though. Yahweh filled her flower pot, filled her oil jug, and raised her son from the dead. Baal did not feed her. Baal did not help her son. But when Yahweh showed up on her doorstep, everything changed. How many know that when Yahweh comes into our lives, everything changes? 
<laughs> he doesn't just save us to keep us the way that we used to be. He saves us from our sins. He makes us into new creations. We don't think the same way. We don't talk the same way. We don't live like we used to. Yahweh works upon us. He gives us a new heart. He puts His Spirit inside of us. And we're a new creation. Old things have passed away. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Now, I believe this woman became a new creation. I believe that she left Baal and she received the man of Elohim and that Yahweh's word was in his mouth. There were many widows in Israel in Elijah's day. But Elijah was not sent to any of them. And that's because Yahweh was punishing Israel for her backsliding. Instead, Yahweh was sent to a widow in Sidon, one lowly widow, woman, who needed help. Yahweh looked down from heaven and said, I'm going to bless her. I'm going to change her heart. So as I close, have you had a victory before in your life? Maybe now, after the victory, you're going through a period of doubt. I don't know what's in your mind. I don't know how many prayers you've prayed. I don't know all the tears that you've cried. I don't know how many tears have stained your pillow on your bed at night. But you know who does? Almighty Yahweh. He sees each tear. Don't stop praying to Him. Don't give up. Don't stop praying to Him. He's still listening. Don't stop pleading with Him. But make sure that you're humble when you talk to Him. Talk to Him realizing He is the Most High Yahweh. He's the Most High. He is to be approached as the King that He is. You come to the King. When you approach a King, you approach a King with a meek and a lowly attitude and a meek and a lowly spirit. You come to the King with reverence in your heart. If you've placed your faith in Yahweh and in His Messiah, Yeshua, the one sent for you, Yahweh hears you when you cry out to Him, Yahweh listens to your voice just like He listened to Elijah's voice. And oh, broken saint, tired brother, tired sister, tired servant, Yahweh does not break bruised reeds and Yahweh does not put out smoldering wicks. You say, I feel so bruised, Brother Matthew. I've been through so much in my life. I feel like my wick is lit, but it's just a small little light and it's just smoldering. Yahweh doesn't put out a smoldering wick and He doesn't break a bruised reed. He's in the business of helping that reed come back to health and lighten that candle back where it can burn brightly for Him. He's not mad at you. He's not mad at you. He loves you. You're forgiven. You're set free to love Him and to serve Him. And you're free to even wonder why sometimes, like King David in the Psalms. Yahweh knows we are but dust. Psalm 103 says, As a father has compassion on his children, so Yahweh has compassion on those who fear him, because he remembers we are made but of dust. In the end, have faith in what Yahweh is doing. Even if it doesn't seem right to you, don't lose faith in what he is doing. Don't lose hope in the mighty one of Israel. Let's stand and close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Yahweh, we thank You again for Your Word in First Kings. We thank You for Your prophet, Eliyahu. We thank You for Your law and Your
your love and your kindness. Help us, Father Yahweh, to place full, total confidence and faith in You. I pray that You would help the saints here today to not be overcome, to realize that in this race that we run, we shouldn't back up, but it's okay to slow down. It's all right to stop and take a rest. It's all right. We don't need to run ourselves ragged spiritually. And I pray, Father Yahweh, if anyone is going through any kind of difficulty as this widow faced, that you would be with them, Father Yahweh. And if it's your will to give, that you would give. And if it's your will to take away, you would take away. And that they would still say, I love you, Father. I know you're in control and you have a purpose. I thank you, Yahweh. We bless you for the food that we're going to receive. We're so thankful for all the hands, all the women, men, children, whoever may have prepared it. Bless you, Yahweh, through your holy child, Yeshua of Nazareth. Amen. Yahweh bless you.